Oh my god, I'm so tired. Alex and I recorded earlier. I don't, I don't usually have two two marathon podcasts in one day. It's a lot for me. It's hot. Yeah, I believe in you. You can do it. Yeah, I believe in me too. I believe in America. Here we are. It's so hot. It's just the air doesn't move, John. And when when I have a fan pointed at me, at least it feels like the air is moving. Mm-hmm. So my brain feels cool. You're still going through your little uh, summer thing that you have. Yeah, it's so a, fir- a First Nation summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's Chris nice. Cross Apple it. summer. Huh? Crisscross Apple summer. Come on. <laughs> Step on I my was lines. watching a television show, and I think it's the first time since you introduced me to the term. It's the first time I remember hearing an actual Catholic say "ordinary time." On uh, Midnight yeah. Mass. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a thing. You hear it a lot. <laughs> and what is it? Catholic. It's during, there's like the, the whole like Easter season, right? That's like an abnormal time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that actor. Did you watch it? Did you watch Midnight Mass? Abnormal time? I'm not familiar with that actor. No, no. It's called uh, Midnight Mass. It's got, um, the star is um, Matt Saracen. Is, is that the, uh, what do you call it? Um, is that one guy? The the uh, haunting of Blythe Manor follow up thing? Mm, I don't think so. I know this this guy supposedly does lots of good things, but it's he's done several things, and he did was it Voyage of the Demeter? I don't know. He did something recently, but he uh, it's got that one guy from the Big Short that I like as the new priest in town, and Matt Saracen mm-hmm. as uh, as a guy who just got out of jail. Is it a scary show? Am I right that it's a scary show? I mean, it's like slight occult scares. But, you know, it's not, it's not, anyways. Uh, or, and so what, what is the opposite of, or what is the corollary maybe to Ordinary Time? Remind me. According to the Wikipedia page, which we'll put in the show notes, uh, Ordinary Time is the part of the liturgical year that falls outside the two great seasons of, what do you think the two great seasons are? No cheating. I'm going to say, I don't know the exact name, but I'm going to say the Feast of Easter or whatever. It's going to be like the death of Christ and the resurrection mm-hmm. and Christ's birthday or what you call Christmas. You got it. It's called Christmas Tide and Easter Tide. Oh. And their respective preparatory seasons of Advent and Lent. So that's Advent. Huh. Well, and the ordinary time is the time that's not those times. I, I mean, get I feel it. like I they, they take up a lot of the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Sirkusa, I blew easily 20 minutes on Do By Friday today relating a- an unbearable anecdote. It began with me saying to Alex, uh, remind me, are, are you a fan of the Flophouse podcast? And they're like, oh yeah, like I've listened to it sometimes. And I'll just, I'm gonna now having purged myself of of, of this anecdote, I'm just gonna say it to you quickly. Mm-hmm. I think you know. Give me, give me the bullet points. F's and B's. Yeah. <laughs> you know that um, one of my favorite episodes of the Flop House is Bullet to the Head. Mm-hmm. It's got the Sloan tangent. It's got the, mm-hmm. the best mailbag song ever. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. And as much as the little Lord doesn't like to cop to it, the little Lord is, is aware of and actually likes a lot of things that he will not admit that he knows about and likes. So last night, my poor wife is sitting between us on the couch and we're doing the thing where Billy sc- scrolls through every, every movie we own, mm-hmm. go every Netflix. Is that the part? Is that the part where you point out, Oh, that movie, that's a good one. Wait, have I told you this? I've, I'm familiar with that phenomenon of the oh, scrolling. No. Oh, oh, it's a, it's a bit. And it's, it's been, I've been advised that it, that is not helping. Mm-hmm, so we'll go yeah. through and we're going through alphabetically, usually 450 movies. Uh, and, uh, and I'll be like, ooh, Adjustment Bureau. That's a good movie. <laughs> uh, or, you know, you get down to like, um, oh, Drive. Oh, man, Drive, Drive's a really good movie. 
Finally, we're on HBO. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. And as one, Billy and I both go, <gasps> and Madeline's like, what? And we look at each other. <laughs> and I'm like, do we do it? And Billy's like, I don't know. I was like, I- I've never done this before. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, the best episode of the Flophouse, like many, or my favorite, I should say, of, of, of many of my favorite, many of my favorite episodes, excluding like a handful, like Fateful Findings, are movies I've never seen. And have absolutely no intention of seeing. All you need to know as a fellow fan, I think the person who introduced me to the Flophouse, is that I love Bullet to the Head. I've listened to that episode at least five times. And I know a lot about that movie, even though I've never seen it. And so we watched the first 40 minutes of Bullet to the Head. Surprised you made it that far. Oh my God. Oh, and Jimmy Bobo and Quan and Cal Drogo. Never did he get a Bullet to the Head. No, he got a car to the body. <laughs> Hello, hello, Dan. Hello, Stuart. It's me, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I would appreciate you not dragging a name through the mud. And so all through it, I'm like, oh my God, that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty high pitch for Stallone. <laughs> huh? That was pretty high pitch for Stallone. Oh, well, it's when he gets really mad. Yeah, so, yeah. Sophia Patrol. It still sounds like, like this, though. Uh, and you actually, you can't, they make jokes about how, you know, he looks like he has ostrich skin. And like yeah, yeah. he has a head like a bear. It's all true. You can't understand anything this guy is saying. <laughs> We're both just laughing because then you hear stuff like, um, it's time we do it my way. <laughs> Lines that I know from Elliot saying, <laughs> I get to have fun this time, Sarge. He, he did have a firearm go off very close to his ear. So his hearing is impaired. Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. He's got tired of holding his arm up. Anyway, it was really, really, it was, uh, yeah, I, finally I was like, look, it's one thing to watch something for a joke, but we're not going to watch this whole movie. Oh, I got to mm-hmm. see Lisa, his daughter, at, uh, at Tattoo Baba. <laughs> Someone asked me about that recently. They said, hey, if I want to listen to the Flophouse, which like is where to podcast, start, which we will link in the show notes, um, should, uh, and they, they talk about it, watch a bad movie, they talk about it. Should I have to watch the movie before that's, I listen to the episode? That's so easy to answer. So and I said, answer. absolutely not. Absolutely not. The absolutely Timothy, not. the odd life of Timothy Green or whatever. I think it's better if you don't. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Blank Check. Blank Check did a really because good it, Because if you that. don't, like, they're going to describe the movie and you're going to be like, this can't be real. Like, that's why I say Faithful want... Findings is, as you would say, this exception that proves the rule, because of course I love Faithful Findings. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't like bad movies, period. So I don't watch bad movies if I can at all. Sublime, I mean, even more than The Room. That movie is special. It's mm-hmm. really when when he, when the coffee spills on the laptop and he tries yeah, to drink yeah. it, it just spills that? all by itself. Government, what is it? Government secrets? Is that what he's he's going to mm-hmm. reveal? Secret and, government secrets. Secret government like secrets. And then that, that smile at the end when he's got the Supreme Court and then the Supreme Court in the same shot in reverse. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a fun a challenge for this show would be to uh, we should do that thing. We need, we need a name for this. Best first favorite. Not now. We don't have time. We got other stuff to talk about. Best first and favorite. That, that should be a new new thing we do here, and 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 when we get, it could be the flop house. You know, you you know what you've got there. What I got there? You got a BFF. A BF. We're gonna do a BFF. We could do one for the flop house. I would love to do one for Doctor Who. What would you want to do one for, John Syracuse? BFF. <sighs> And I, let's stick for a moment. We could do movies, it's but tough. for now, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it to, you know, serialized TV shows. Well, see, you know what my problem with that is, right? I'm aware of several. Uh, name one related to BFF. Well, I'm, I'm trying to not see it through my own lens. Uh, for It's going to be something about how it's something that's it's difficult to do because of a reason. 
<laughs> that's good. You're on the right track. I'm already prepared for that tonight. There's going to be something tonight that's going to be one of those classic, we don't have a cool name for it, like BFF, but one of those things where I bet we'll talk two seconds about the topic and for an hour about the rules of the topic. It's not, see, the, the premise of Best First Favorite is, you know, like, to give an example, the Flophouse. Uh, what's, what's the best episode of the Flophouse? What's your favorite episode of the Flophouse? And what is the first one that you would recommend people listen to? That's the idea of Best First Favorite. BFF, trademark, Merlin Man, 2023. Uh, uh, look, can I, can I make it a little easier than that? Hey, nobody, somebody's never seen Seinfeld before. Mm-hmm. So the, already you're like, ooh, so you didn't see Seinfeld. And like, it's weird to send you back to watch a 20-some-year-old TV show. But... I I have in my BFF system, which I think is a pretty good system, failing other systems, when you're talking to other people about something that they might be interested in, I think it helps to start. And boy, do I ever get yelled at about Yeah, the other night, you know what I said? I said on the internet, I said, you know what, Ben Kingsley is very good in Schindler's list. And you know what somebody said to me? He's good in everything. It's <laughs> so like I should have put that there. <laughs> I should have gotcha. put that. I think mine's better, but I, I could have done that. Or when you're like, uh-huh. you know, Doctor Who, okay, well, we could do Doctor. Well, Sein- Seinfeld's interesting though, because you could go. Oh boy, that's really tough. I don't know how you do best. But first, actually, the contest would not be too bad for a first episode. We're not doing it now. You're starting to do it. We're now saving with Doctor it Who, for future episodes. Be- best first and favorite. All of mine might be eleventh hour, kind of. Right. Well, plus here, here's my personal problem with best. What's first your problem favorite? with this, with, John? What even is with it? With re- respect to many of the things you have listed, you know, if it is a serialized thing. What am I going to say for first? Oh, you're going to be that. This is not your usual that guy because you hold this position strongly. I I don't think you should jump in the middle of a serialized thing. Best and favorite is easy. I might say the Garvey's at their best is one of my favorite. I would never recommend. Right. No, but follow me. What I would say the Garvey's at their best is one of my favorite episodes, The Leftovers. But I'm with you. Never in a million years would I send somebody anywhere except the first the, the, right, the but, woman but, doing the, the laundry. But, you got to start with with Kendall's wife doing the laundry. Yeah, but that, you know it's Kendall's so wife plenty, in that with the baby. Yeah, there's plenty of best first favorites that we can do. I put a couple on the list. We will do it in a future show, but not today. Where? Where is it? Topics. Topics. God, we got to do something with this. Wait, all the way down. Oh, Jesus Christ! What's the Zelda game where I made a horse go in a circle? Breath of the Wild. I mean, you don't have to do that one, but it's an easy one for me because uh, even though the Zelda games are technically kind of serialized, they're it's okay to just pick one. Well, and I think this really benefits, and, and like I'm, I'm, I hate to seem like prickly about this, but like it's just it's a normal thing people would say is something like he's great in everything, or so recently I said. You know, I said something. It took me weeks of watching several episodes of Taskmaster, sometimes per night, but always per week. I've watched so many seasons of taskmaster in the last month and i I feel kind of qualified to say i don't know if it's a bff but there's one that i recommended the other night and it's an unusual episode in some ways but it definitely passes that test of like if you hate this one just stop kind of kind of like uh what's the other one not bullet to the head or stolen stolen and bullet to the head are two where like if you don't want the uncut stuff you're not gonna like right um but I, I think it's beneficial to be able, uh, let me just say this, and I'm sorry to seem touchy about this, but I like talking to people about movies and TV shows and stuff that I love. I love talking about stuff I love. One of the benefits to me of all this social media horse crap is making a connection to somebody who liked the same band in 1993 that I did. I don't need you, the listener, to like that, but if I meet that person, I'm so happy to get to talk about that. Maybe it's because I'm old. I don't know. I just like talking about stuff I like. 
And I like not having to explain it to people. And I like not having to worry about quote unquote spoilers. Oh, guess what? There's a different doctor after that. No, don't tell me anything. I'm going to go watch the unearthly child. Um, and I think it really benefits to say to somebody, Hey, this is a good first episode. It's good because it doesn't, in case of 11th hour, it's like hits all around new doctor, new companion, right? All those kinds of things. So the problem is you're the best episode or more like, let's say your favorite episode. Let's say your favorite episode of controversially of breaking bad is the fly. The one with the fly, which a lot of people really hated. That would be a terrible first episode of that show to watch, even though it could very conscionably be somebody's favorite episode. Do you know what I mean? I do. We'll come back to BFFs. Are you my BFF? Yeah. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Backblaze. You can learn more about Backblaze right now by visiting backblaze.com slash Diffs. Backblaze are the folks looking after your digital data. With their unlimited computer backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses, it starts at just $9 a month. You can back up all of your data with Backblaze, any of the stuff that you got. Documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, contracts, projects, and more. And you can easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin. But it's not just about protecting yourself from data loss. Sometimes you need access to a file on the go. The Backblaze mobile apps for iOS and Android make it super easy to access all your backed up files from anywhere. They even have a restore by mail option where Backblaze will ship you a hard drive with all your data on it. And once you've restored your documents, you can send the hard drive back for a full refund. That's pretty cool. Plus, you never have to worry about accidentally deleting a file again. Backblaze offers a free one-year file retention, or you can upgrade to have the deleted files retained forever. It's a weight off your mind knowing this stuff is just handled. And Backblaze has restored over 55 billion files for customers. These folks know their stuff. I'm a fan of Backblaze. I'm a paying customer, uh, and they've saved my bacon many times. But let them save yours, too. You can get a free, fully featured, no credit card required 15-day trial at backblaze.com slash diffs. And if you own a business, click on business backup in the navigation to start backing up your business data. Don't be the person who forgot to back up their important files. Backblaze has got your back. So sign up for your free 15-day trial, no credit card required when you sign up at backblaze.com slash diffs. That's B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E dot com slash diffs for your fully featured 15-day free trial. Go there, play around with it, and start protecting yourself from potential data disasters. Our thanks to Backblaze for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I think you're my BFFN, my best friend for now. Mm-hmm. Subject to change. Hello, and welcome everyone to Reconcilable Differences. It's a podcast with John Syracuse and Marilyn Mann. Uh, I'm the latter, obviously, and we talk about how we got this way. And this is episode two two zero, and uh, we're in ordinary time. Uh, but how how is how is this episode of the month different from others, John? Well, this is one of our episodes where we have extra content at the end that is content. available only only to members. If you would like to become a member of Relay.fm. When I have to say content and ad read, can you tell that it's like a hostage reading for me? No, it's fine. Let me finish my quote-unquote ad read. I'll, I'll let like you finish when I decide you're ready to go. A member of Relay.fm. You can go to Relay.fm slash RD slash join. Oh, I took the, the link out of the notes and now I'm not sure. Now I have to go to it and find out. That's correct. 
Okay. Relay.fm, which they, for some reason, concatenate to Relay.fm. Yes. Uh, in it. And uh, Relay.fm slash RD, which is where you can find our episode, slash join will take you directly to where you can cross our palm and get access to what? Bonus episodes, content, wallpaper. Yes, but more importantly, every other episode of this show, we have extra content at the end. How much extra content? Often it is the same length as the actual episode. Not uh-huh. always, but sometimes. Yeah, every alternative episode. Yeah. This episode, the after show content for members will be, believe it or not, <laughs> Merlin talking about his 3D printer. Are you, you may be asking yourself off with this, John. Are people going to be put off? Alex no. seems to think people are interested. I, I think people are not. Well, I'm going to say, if you listen to the show, you may be asking yourself, didn't you already talk about Merlin's 3D printer? Well, y- uh, you can yes. be right and wrong. Yes, we did, but we talked about his old 3D it's my printer. Old, my, my, it's my legacy 3D printer. Type. They don't know about second 3D printer. Do you think they don't? <laughs> Why didn't he just take the eagle? So anyway, that that'll be in the after show if all, if all goes if all goes well. Sometimes things goes off go off the rails and we end up someplace different, but that's the plan. Well, that's what it's for. We don't we don't need an outline. We're Americans. We're just normal men. Yeah, we have some follow up this week though. Oh, I think you teased this a little on ATP. Yeah, not really, but you just referenced it because you look at the notes and your head is a, a giant uh, sphere with ping pong balls in it. Um, boop, boop. I was trying to remember in last episode weird usages of the British noise that they make in it. And I couldn't come up with one. Which you'd stipulate it kind of almost never makes sense, grammatically or logically. I said sometimes it makes sense, but sometimes it doesn't. And when Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it just, as they would say, does my head in. Uh-huh. As you, you can go tell, up, yeah, when you go up the apples and pears. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching more. As you can tell, I've been watching more bad reality television from the UK. So here, I finally came across a line, and I, I said, I have to remember it. And this, this was the context. It's not the exact thing, but whatever. Um, it was uh, some person saying about another person, um, he's very handsome, comma, in it. That's a, good ex- that's, brain, a, that's a good example for a variety of reasons. My yes. brain rebels yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. because it is expanding in it into, isn't it? He's very handsome, isn't it? Wait, what? Right. But that's the whole point. In it does not mean, oh, please insert the phrase, isn't it here. In it is its own thing that is just a placeholder for, do you not agree with my statement? Am I not right? And in America, we might say, comma, right? Yeah, but then there's also that thing that I, people, including me, do now. That was was I think invented by dumb teenagers, where you go, "Oh my god, it's so hot today," and then you go, "Right," mm-hmm. like that. Is that similar in the sense that it doesn't exactly make sense? There? I mean, it does. It's very I, contextual. I know, see, here's the thing: our own weird little phrases, of course, make sense to us because how could it be any other they're way? Normal. I'm this sure, gets to our topic tonight. Yes, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure in it is just the same way to everyone in the UK. But for me, I'm still working on it. Although I, I will say that I have, um, it only took a couple of episodes of very thick accents on reality television shows from the UK for me to be able to turn off subtitles. So I'm very proud of myself for that. Oh, that is a big deal. And, and just so our listeners know, you never mentioned it. You mentioned it in other places. It's called like Love Lori or something. What's the one you watch? Uh, Love Island. I'm watching, I watched season one of Love Island UK. I'm watching season two now. Um, and the, the hilarious thing is, I think this is on, is it Netflix, Hulu? I don't know where it is, but whatever, wherever it is, mm-hmm. the hilarious thing is 
it does have subtitles, at least the, the one I'm watching now, but the, I think the subtitles are either machine generated or phonetic or both. You can tell because, homonyms. Homonyms always trip it up. Oh, it's not even homonyms. They just get things flat out completely, absolutely wrong. Like, like well, us, sometimes like, it'll be really important. Like it'll be like a name of a character. I watched something the other night where there was an English word that is admittedly fairly close to the name of a character. And so if you had just gone by the subtitles the entire movie, you would think the person's name was like Easel. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean like they, you just get a word and they're like, oh, now, 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 that has been approved as the name of this thing. They do that, but they also like there are phrases uh, that, that people say that they just do like, you know, like Siri dictation where you'll say something and something else will come out that sounds kind of like it, but it's totally the wrong <laughs> word. That's me trying that, to figure out at least one of my reminders per week. It's like, yeah, what so did it just think? A what, is, what is it? What was I yeah. saying that this turned out? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just as a warning, don't turn, I think this is on Hulu, don't turn on the subtitles expecting they're telling you what people are saying. They're not. Now, does this dovetail in any way with your your feeling? You have a pretty strong feeling about my weird habit of liking subtitles for everything, even things that are dubbed. It's just lesser in degree, right? No, no, it's the opposite. It's not the subtitles I object to. It's that once you've got the subtitle, I'm just like, yeah, good, good for you. You want them because you want to know what they're saying? Like, good, subtitles, great. Once you've got them there, there's no reason to listen to the bad English dub. Just listen to it because you're already reading the subtitles. Just Alex put likes on to, the, this boy, everything is everything tonight, John. All of our topics are related because Alex likes to ask me something when you talk about, first of all, just, oh my God, what did you, oh my God, you gave, was it three and a half stars to Labyrinth? I just so don't understand you anymore. I don't, I don't know. You came up where my kid that. was watching and I was like, turn this off. This is terrible. And he goes, hey, Labyrinth goes, is terrible? The movie with the Muppets? It's a mess. It's oh. it's 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 Billy it's gave a, it three and a half stars too. So it's a nightmare fever dream. It's it's horrible. Labyrinth is amazing. I don't know what you're talking Gen- about. Jennifer, whatever her name is, is adorable. I checked. She was 15 in that movie. Can you believe Jennifer that? Jennifer Connolly, right? Jennifer Connolly. She's terrific in that. Um, no, it's very creative. I watched a, I watched a, uh, a series I like. Might be Defunct Land has done a series on Muppets, and that sounds like that was a stressful time for him because there was the the Muppet Show was over, but he was trying to do. Hansen and his group were trying to do uh, Labyrinth and like Dark Crystal and Fraggle Rock were all like in pretty tight succession. Sounds like it was mm-hmm. very stressful. And he, you know, he liked the horn dog around. Yeah. Um, well, okay, hang on, hang on. I had a thread here. Um, you were talking, you were talking about uh, me and movies, movies and Alex. And oh yeah. Let me ask you this. This is a weird one. And this is one of the more, it was really more of a comment than a question, but are there some things you find yourself almost always turning subtitles off for? And from my position, you have to understand, I just, I want it on all the time. I always, I'm always fighting with HBO because so much of HBO's interface is a little non-standard, including how it, like you can't do audio adjustments on HBO. It's really weird. And like the yeah, way the, you get to the, the, the subtitles the is weird. about your audio situation on your TV, the more dire it sounds to me. In what sense? In the sense that I, I get that you, uh, you need accommodations to be able to hear things, but everything you're doing strikes me as just making the sound worse instead of better. Is that how it strikes you? Yes. Write that down in the document. I don't know where we're going. Like I, th- I think what you just need is like a better audio setup. And then, yes, okay, maybe also add dialogue enhancement on top of that. But, but like all dialogue enhancement is not made equally, right? And so some of it is just awful. So I would, I would love to just give you a better audio setup that would make your family happy. Maybe and Casey then can send just me a soundbar. Add some high quality audio enhancement. Right, that we write that down, level? please. Write it all down. Um, I'll write all anyway. of it down. I don't know where it goes in this godforsaken anyway, document. You're saying, you're saying are there some things that I do you have somewhere don't to be? Is there somewhere you need to be? Am I keeping you from something? You're you're keeping yourself from your point, and I'm trying to save you. You're where you need to be right now, which is listening to Daddy. 
Mm-hmm. No, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about this last night because uh, I I am perhaps alone in really enjoying the Wes Anderson short movies on Netflix. Uh, you know, it's funny, like we come to Wes Anderson from all these different sorts of things, you know, like you might love, you might have loved something about Wes Anderson that he was doing in Rushmore that he really doesn't do anymore. He does so differently. I thought those movies were wildly creative, very fun. Richard Ayuade, I would watch that guy paint a wall. Um, but I found myself turning off the subtitles because there was something visually about, I could hear, understand them fine. Did, are there things you, where you ever find yourself wanting to turn it off? Maybe it's a distraction. It's I don't. I don't you, maybe you don't want to know on. what happens in one second, which is the thing you know, that bothers I me. I don't out. turn subtitles on unless it's in a foreign language I don't understand. Like English, or, like UK English. Or very heavily accented English, as we just established. So what I was saying is like I watched this UK show and I had to turn subtitles on to understand it. But as soon as I could understand it, they went back off. I do okay. not opt into subtitles. I thought I was going to know what the word is. Probably I, if it's in England, they probably call it something like a clever Norman. I was trying to be a clever Norman. And so what I had done was I permaset in the way one does my Apple TV. I tried it with sending to the, the new nice big HomePod. Uh, I tried separately sending it to the the stereo pair HomePod. Um, and what's neat is like you can have all of those on and you'll get the benefits of all of it. My family hates it. It's way too loud. They they think it's they think anything that has any kind of bass response is too loud. And I, yes, I made a joke about this the other night on Mastodon, but it's absolutely true. You want me to play? Yes, of course. I will route the sound through the five cent speakers inside of this TV because why would we want it to feel like a movie when we're watching a movie? Drives them crazy. I thought I was going to be a clever Norman and get away with it because I had seen enhanced dialogue functionality during the beta, and I thought I could maybe pull this off. So I set the TV, and you need to permaset it. You need to go into the audio settings. You can't just do temporary, right? But you go into the audio settings, and you say, and this is probably different for you because you got a whole setup, but I sent it to the HomePods, and I said, turn on enhanced dialogue. And Billy instantly copped it and was like, what did, what did you do to the TV? I thought, I thought it would be nice if we... We could have the sound be a little clearer, but it wouldn't be quite so tinny. Do you have reduced bass turned on on your HomePods? Um, usually not. Because if I'm using them... If your family objects to the heavy bass, I think the HomePods, the big HomePods are a little... It's... You know what it is? It's that one of the numerous many things... I still, once a week, I still say, Madeline, you know what? I love our TV. I love our TV so much. And one of the things I love about our TV is the LG, I guess like probably most TV vendors, has all kinds of different like presets... Not just motion smoothing, but like there's audio ones. There's one called Cinema. That's a pretty good trade-off. There's one, I guess, called Sports. I don't know. But the one we use is called Clear Voice, where it it seems to greatly squelch lows and low mids and to slightly pump up highs or really high mids. So you can hear it so much. And the thing is, if you watch it on Clear Voice all the time, you put anything else on and it sounds like someone's yelling it through a tuba, which is what it should sound like. I need a better I'm center not, channel. I'm not sure you know what it should sound like because I don't think anything in your system is equipped to. And this is why Alex says, "How does John know what the subtitle should be?" Yeah, I answered this question in Slack. Did you see my answer there? No, I don't go to that. Okay. Well, anyway, I can give you the. the That's okay. Don't worry about it. I can tell I'm frustrating you tonight, and I want to stop doing no, that. No, it's, it's, I think this is a, the topic thing worth talking about. So the question was: I, I had said uh, about the. Um, Subtitles for the subtitles uh, for Millennium, Millennium Actress. Actress. Yeah. The, the ones in the Blu-ray, I didn't like. I didn't think they were good. And Alex's question was, how the heck does John know that they're not any good? He doesn't speak Japanese. Right. Again, very relevant to our topic tonight. There is a lot packed into that question, one of which is the idea that the goodness of subtitles uh, is directly related to how accurately they 
uh, correspond to the Japanese that's being spoken. That's probably a pretty good what, start. And if I and if I don't know what Japanese is speaking spoken, if I don't know the Japanese uh, what they're saying in Japanese because I can't speak the language, how do I know the English subtitles are bad? And I gave this mm-hmm. long-winded answer in Slack that you can go look at it if you want. But boils down to two things. Uh, one, uh, very basically, um, if the I I may not know Japanese, but I know English, and I can tell when an English sentence is written badly. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like. Yeah. It might be grammatically correct, but it might be awkwardly worded or weird or one sentence doesn't flow to the next very well. Um, and the second thing is good translations have to take liberties because there are idioms and puns and phrases and conventions that don't translate from Japanese to some right. other target language. But there are equivalent ones that you can use. Which used to be an old joke in anime, right? Because in anime, there would be like literal translations of things that sounded completely hokey, right? Yeah, I mean, and you can go that route. But I think when you're doing a narrative thing and you're not trying to like, you know, transfer the culture of the phrases, it's, it, there's an artistry to translation where you're trying to get across the sentiment and feeling. And a direct translation sometimes fails to do that because people, the English speakers that you're speaking to don't know what the, that thing means. And so you have to translate it for them. But anyway, yeah, what I mostly meant with the uh, Millennium Actress Blu-ray was that it was awkwardly worded. Like it wasn't, the, the English sentences were not well constructed. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I don't need to know what they're saying in Japanese to look at a, a series of English sentences and say, these are poorly written English sentences. Yeah, that's fair. I was, um, I was a fan of Iron Chef. Uh, I was introduced to Iron Chef in the 90s when it was like running, before Food Network, like when it was running on like local San Francisco TV, my friend Tony introduced me to it and I instantly fell in love with Iron Chef and like the the pageantry and Chairman Kaga, squeeze on, like the whole thing. I just, I loved it all. I, it's That show's 20 years ahead of its time. Uh, ridiculous show, but like very entertaining. And it's a show that's made in Japan and it's dubbed. And I was just noticing like, just to, to your point though, like, somebody did a pretty good job with a fair amount of that translation. And like, you know, it has that Godzilla effect of like, every time the actress is talking, she sounds like this. Oh, that looks delicious. Uh, Kind of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. like basically like to the mom in Totoro, I'm going to get better. Uh, But, 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 but they, but there's like, there's puns and rhymes and cultural references. And when I noticed that, yeah, I don't speak Japanese. I barely speak English, as you are fond of reminding me. But like, I, I'm really impressed when I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I bet that doesn't rhyme in Japanese. Or I bet that, and this is this is why, for example, one time I read Gabriel, Gabriel Garcia Marquez rereads 100 Years of Solitude every year in translation. What's the guy's name? Gregory Corso, something like that. He likes the English translation better than his original. Because it brought, I guess, or, or as well as, and, and brings all that out. So I, I, I feel you. And, and when it's bad, you notice it. And when it's good, you may notice the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Or in, like you've talked about the whole bit with, you know, what a stupid bucket or like the things where like you have to make it match. This happens a lot in anime where people have big mouths, like, you know, Miyazaki's. And you have to like make the words fit. And so you end up having to like have them say kind of silly things sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um... Idle words, uh, where we do ums and uhs, there's different idle words. As we know, in Ireland, they say um, M. Uh, but in Japan, they have their own versions of those. And very often, animated characters have mouth, you know, th- their mouths on the screen will will open to emit those noises. But those noises don't exist. So you need to hear an O, an O sound coming out. Yeah, they, those noises don't exist in the same way in spoken English. So they got to stick something in there. But sometimes they just don't care. And they just, the voice actors say whatever they want. And you just have to ignore the mouths. Well, that was the joke about like um, Godzilla movies and, and similar when I was a kid or Ultraman or whatever was like, you know, they had two voices 
there was a, a man that did all the men and there's a woman that did all the women and children or it seemed like it and it was always like what what is it over there oh camera camera oh what camera camera's here you know it was, and it's but like because you know you're not gonna you're not gonna break it break the bank on, on getting that exactly right for, for ultraman yeah but now speaking we know of Ult- speaking of ultraman speaking of ultraman I'm being informed by the software that we unwisely chose to use to record this podcast. Yeah. That I have exactly eight minutes and 57 seconds left to upgrade <laughs> Speaking now. Speaking of Ultraman, I love you, John. What's Ultraman that guy's name? Right? What is it? Hayata. What was that guy's name? Remember, his thing, his thing was start blinking. So we're going to do this live on the air. I'm now attempting to give Zoom some money so that I can record a podcast so it doesn't run out. I have eight, I now have eight minutes and 40 seconds left. Let's see what it says. John John had, uh, long after I and many others had, with regret, given up using Call Recorder and Skype, John stuck with it. And John tells me that Call Recorder is now like officially not working with Skype. And like all of us good podcasters, John would like to have two ways to record it. And if we use just Audio Hijack, so long story short, we're doing this call via Zoom. It's probably installed a demon, don't you think? Pro- probably some... Uh, some oh in the sign-up thing on, on the Zoom website, I had to pick from an age pop-up menu. I'm in the second to highest option. I do not like that. 55 is the cutoff, maybe? 45 to 59. Hmm. Why do they need that? Uh, oh, who knows? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, being, I'm being silly. They need it because they want all the information. But like, what are you going to do different with that information? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> I don't have an account with stuff. Do you want to keep doing? It? You want to keep talking while you're doing this? Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm filling out a form. Oh, okay. Um, let me see what else I've got in here. Uh, I'm looking at the document. Uh, live stream in it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so you're watching uh, Lori Island, and I, I watch a lot of Taskmaster, so I get a lot of exposure to the Brits too. You know, what's interesting is there's Britisms that you hear some places and not in others. There's one that they say a, a, a lot on QI, or on, sorry, no such thing as a fish, where somebody will say um, something like, you know, you could get fresh blueberries at the farmer's market. And then somebody will respond by saying, you might do. Do you ever hear you might do? I sure, I know that one, yep. Yeah, but I don't hear that on Taskmaster, you know? Yeah, I think there is like a, a regionality to these phrases that we don't understand. And the sure, sure. That someone might not know, like, uh, bless your heart as a Southernism here. Or bag or sack versus poke, which I've never heard anyone say. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, John's working on that. I got some 3D samples right here because I got a new 3D printer. And <laughs> it's like a Costco. <laughs> oh, I just wait, hang on. I just got a pop up. This meeting has been upgraded by the host and now includes unlimited minutes. I did it. It was an exciting adventure there. We had we had a literal countdown timer uh, before my light started blinking. Cut the Ultraman red wire, style. John. You're my Benji. Yeah. You're the guy in the chair. I'm gonna I'm gonna give kudos to Zoom to allowing it to happen during a call and not requiring me to like end the call or reboot or whatever. So. To, to a user, you would go, well, why why would you need to do that? But it's like, well, if you ever work for companies that do stuff, it's not surprising at all that that would have to reset something beyond just what's being pulled as your number of available minutes. That's that's pretty impressive for such a terrible company. So there you go. That's just one more business expense for the pile. Put it on the pile. Actually, and I believe I had to sign up for that if, if I want to have a stable meeting ID, a meeting URL. So we'll do that for next week. All right, cool. Thank you for taking care of that. All right, that was it, that was it for my follow-up was just the in it. I thought thing, you had follow-up on your house. Yeah. Was that for a future rectives, you said? 
Uh, nothing's going on with the house. What, what right. do you want to know about the house? I don't oh, think I don't know. I just thought you mentioned there was something where you were talking to your friends and you said something about that'll be on the next rectifs. So I thought you said. I oh, just, yeah. I just, I just basically <laughs> scrubbed through. You're gonna have to be more specific than that. Well, you don't do it that often. That's your real right. podcast. That's your main pod. That's the yeah, earner. But I can't. I can't. This is practically was. like public service for you. Mm-hmm. You know, picking up trash under the bridge. Community service. Yeah. Community service. What did I say? Public service. Be, uh, public service. Yeah, I'll be a community selling, service uh, announcement. Be yes. selling the cell phones out of the back of my car in no time. <laughs> Slipping Jimmy. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you know, it doesn't have to be a marathon. Just because you have unlimited minutes doesn't mean you have to always use them. Um. No. Okay. So, do you have any interest in this? In, 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 do I need to pitch this, or do you get where I'm coming from with this whole pronunciation thing? You don't need to pitch it. I have enthusiasm for it. I would like you to explain it. Okay, sure. Well, like, just like, I don't want to do the bit all the time, but you and I pronounce things differently, and you give me a little stick sometimes about how I pronounce things, and then you, and so let me just get this out of the way, and so that's a fun thing that we do here, because that is actually how John is. Just so you all know, the way you hear John on this show, he's the only person I know who's exactly like how he is all the time. I've, I've, I've used this to, to give you credit and plaudits is that you are most, the most consistently like yourself person I have ever known, which I think is admirable in a really dark way. But uh, you do, you say, you say there's different ways, like an example, if we just get this out of the way, Mary is a girl and she's going to get married and then that will make her marry. And those are the same pronunciation in my head. And you adamantly, uh, declare that they are not pronounced the same way. And so does the dictionary. Okay. Well, but, but let's not try to be, let's get cute about this in a minute. First, let, let's just set the rules for this. Here's the thing. I thought it would be a funny joke at one point. I've often thought in the past, you know, how do you make those? I know how to make a schwa. I know how to make an umlaut. Like I know how to make, you know, a few of the diacriticals around pronunciation. They're mainly, you know, language-based, like, you know, tildes and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know how to make the international pronunciation. Uh, what's the A? IPA. Pronunciation. Go look it up. IPA. It stands for something. But you know when you go see a dictionary and John's beloved dictionary, which 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 he uses to decide how things are pronounced. He, Imagine. Why would I do that? Okay. But who watches The Watchmen? You're gonna you're not gonna <laughs> let me set this up. You wanna get straight into arguing. I go wanna ahead. set this up first. I want to. I want to argue by analogy. I think this is an interesting idea, and I'm fine. I'm fine to be your little bitch boy and have you yell at me for an hour. But first, I want to talk about what I think is interesting about this before you corral it into some kind of Long Island, you know, blanket party. International phonetic alphabet. The P is for phonetic, which is tricky. It's not for pronunciation. I bet they put it extra letters like diarrhea in England, like phonetic. Yeah, we got like a, some random that ligature. That word? Sure. Yeah. So, but here's the, here's the thing that I think is interesting about this, and then then we'll get into the to, to, to the ribald jests. Uh, so, and I, I'm I'm honestly not trying to be precisely the person person that I was in my third year of college. It's going to come off as that, and I really I'm not trying to be some kind of pomo, nothing means anything person, but. Ultimately, there are these, there are levels of signification, and then there are layers of authority to, to different sorts of things. Uh, and so, for example, like a city decides, like, this is what our city is called, this is how it is spelled. You know, surveyors figure out where the where the boundaries are. 
Like there, but there's different kinds of authority. Now, sometimes that authority gets confusing. In California, you can have all the weed you want. You can do whatever you want with your weed. Unfortunately, that's still a federal crime. It just, that hasn't really been like tested too much in court yet. But that's an example of something where it's legal, but it's not legal. Both of those statements are true. Pot is legal. Pot is not legal. Ultimately, I guess pot is not legal because federal usually supersedes uh, states' rights. But, but th- there's usually an authority or a chain of custody or a show your work to different kinds of things. And actually, I think dictionaries can be a good example of this. But dictionaries are made of people like anything else. It's, there's like a, you know, there's a, 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 a board and worker bees who figure out what the words are. Like you, you told me how cromulent is now in the dictionary, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a human decision. It's a human decision to invent the word cromulent. It's a human decision to decide that it has risen to the level that it should be in the dictionary. And then further to our point tonight, there's a human decision to like how it's pronounced. And I bet there's a fair amount of arguments not dissimilar to ours about how things are pronounced or how things are defined. Or You know where I bet the real drama is, is like, I mentioned the word ramp. And when I was a kid, that always seemed like the one that had the most numbered definitions to it like i bet you you get some really angry back and forth about when you think 11 and 13 should be flipped right that oh yes since the last time we did this i i want to say to this group i think this version of ramp is now a a more common definition than that right i bet that's a lot of drama don't you think I'm not sure how much drama there is, but it is, that's their job. Their job is to figure that out, right? If you're making a dictionary. Well, but like not to do this, make that decision. But I think most saliently in my mind, and definitely for this theoretical topic is like, oh yeah. So, so who gets to decide that and who is sort of overruled by that? And how do you, the real phrase I'm searching for here is how do you show your work? And I imagine there's ways as an academic to, to like any kind of thing, whether it's cultural anthropology, history, whatever it is, you have a way of demonstrating that over time, you know, here's, that's what the work is. That's what the research is, is showing a historical record that got us to where we are. So anyway, the, the, we can start the joking in a minute. I just want to toss out to you in me trying to find what I ultimately wanted was something like yay text or whatever your version of that is, where you just paste in some, a word or a letter or sentence, and it spits out in that case, Unicode characters that are cute or whatever. I wanted one where I could take an English word, pop it in and have it spit out the IPA pronunciation code. Now, what occurred to me when I did that, I'm wondering if this has already occurred to you, is like how, if it is, what's a good, oh, resume and resume. Like, I know that's, that's cheating because they have accents, but there are words, there are all kinds of words that mean different things that are pronounced different ways in different contexts. And Mary, Mary, and Mary in my head sound exactly the same, even though they are spelled differently and generally mean different things. I was curious, like where, how do we decide, not just as, as podcast jokey pals, but how do we as people decide, like what is the correct, is there a canonical way to pronounce things and who got to pick that? Well, I'm not a person who makes dictionaries, but I have a bunch of uh, reckons, as you would say, about this uh, that I think makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, First thing is the thing that you wanted where you put in a word and it spits back IPA uh, pronunciation. Obviously, that's got to spit back multiple pronunciations because many, many, many words in English are (laughs) pronounced. Many, 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 many. 
are pronounced multiple ways. And I'm not talking about when it's like a different word or a different meaning. I'm saying the exact same word, the exact same definition. For example, <laughs> Mary, Mary, and Mary. I think all of them have multiple pronunciations. Now, one of those pronunciations are the ones that I use, uh, which I will put in the show notes if anyone wants to see the little IPAs to say that, yes, the dictionary does say that there are three distinct ways to say these, but it's, I think they almost... Just to dog ear that page, though, the dictionary says that. I'm not going to pursue that now, but you're pointing over here at this thing called a dictionary and then case closed. Yeah, well, anyway, but the dictionary also has your samey pronunciation for all of them, I believe, in there as another pronunciation. So... How, you know, what's the process? How do the things get in there? So in general, I believe that dictionaries, these most sort of authoritative, well-known dictionaries, um, are trailing indicators. In, in a variety, in a variety of ways. Yeah, it happens in the world. And eventually it happens in the world enough that to your point, the people who have to show their work can look at the world and the historical record and say, in the past X number of years, here's the evidence that we have gathered for the way people say this, uh, you know, how it should be pronounced, what the people mean when they say it, what the various right. meanings are. And because we have that evidence in the past, we can now say that either it has risen to the level where it belongs to the dictionary or the dictionary definitely needs to be changed or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. They have to look backwards. They, they're they not. So far, that's all the written word, though, which is much easier to me. But, but spoken as well, because the, the people, you know, those people who go around recording accents. Yeah, like, you like know, those. Like, yeah, right, right, right. right? And so they, there is long historical record of what about the people who lived in this place in the country during this time? Or how did they say these words? And they have long transcripts with them where they're discussing things with them. And there's a written transcript. And they say, yeah. OK, well, this is how these people said. That, you know what I mean? No, I, I've seen that. I don't know if that's something that the Merriam-Webster's people spend a lot of time well, watching YouTube I th- videos I think about. I think it is. I think I think that's the, what their work is, and in fact, it's. I, I'm just trying to stipulate that it's one thing. It's it's that is much. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say easier. It's much less difficult to do with the written word, not least because you got stuff like Lexus, Nexus, Google, but, but, whatever. But these days, you have so much, so much recorded. Well, then how did they do it in the video. '50s? And were they right then? Well, so when when I think when they did it in the past, it had to be like whatever you say, cultural anthropologists or whatever, academics essentially going out into the field, gathering what must be a very targeted, very small amount, relatively speaking, of audio and perhaps video recordings of people in different parts of the world in different times. Like this is what a person in Wales, this part of Wales, sounded like in 1952. Exactly. And they do th- three or five people. And you can see the problems with that methodology. It's like, well, who do you, where, do you decide, where do you decide to go? How many people do you get? How much money does it cost? But these days, it's so easy to get there. First of all, people are doing it for you. You don't have to go out and, and like do it yourself. Just the recordings are They're everywhere. They're recording themselves like for you. Yeah. Billions and billions and billions of minutes of audio and video being <laughs> uploaded voluntarily every single day. Hey all you have, <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is harvest it and then do yeah. a little bit of research to pinpoint like, okay, who is this person? Where are they from? And so on and so forth. Like it's, I think it's gotten like, it's gotten harder and then you have a flood of, of data, but it's not like, it's the opposite of what it used to be. It used to be there was so little you had to go out and get it. Now it's dumped on top of you. Well, and there was also just a, a much higher tolerance for people to go because I said so. Appeal to authority, if you like. I, I do feel like that's that's something that, I mean, even the most stodgy and conservative academic at this point has to realize that it, it's nothing is as simple as it used to be in any variety of ways. And just because of the amount of information, the amount of access, the amount of ability for people to let you know how they feel about your pronunciation. All of those things make a difference. Don't act like it doesn't. But it's also that we, I think that appeal to authority, which 
I hope you get my back on this. That was just how we were raised. That's how I was raised. Was be- not necessarily my family, but like I was very much, I'm finally making my peace with this a little bit, how much this broke me, was how much appeal to authority was a conversation ender through most of my young life. Yeah, that that kind of um, the stodgy authority of dictionaries makes them even more of a trailing indicator because their mm. their culture is to, and I think appropriately, to be stubborn about change and to not and to like and to buck change, like you don't want to get it wrong and then have to change it two years later. Yeah. Now there is a countervailing force these days because these days the people who own these dictionary brands want to sell dictionaries. And so they're the type, they're inclined to put Cromulent in there so they can get a human interest news story. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. About, oh, the Simpsons word goes in the dictionary. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that is, that goes against the idea of being stodgy and slow. And that's probably <laughs> it's kind of interesting great. that Cromulent made it, but Embiggen didn't. I mean, it, it'll probably be in there eventually. And, and speaking of eventually, that's the thing about, you know, my pronunciation. So we, we've, some, we've done it in many times in the past to put a, a map of the United States showing uh, which people in the United States speak like I do and which people speak like Merlin. Yeah. And basically the entire United States speaks like Merlin does. And this tiny little corner of a few tiny little states. I know. You, you, it's very specific. I, I told you two factoids from them. I think it was a Washington Post one. Whatever the most recent one of those I did. Two very interesting facts one just bewildering and the other hilarious. The bewildering fact is it thinks like I, I speak like somebody from Houston, Texas. There's several places in Texas it thinks like I sound like, which I thought was a little strange. But then the one that killed me was there's exactly, there's one city in America whom I sound least like, and that's the town that my wife is from, Providence, yeah. Rhode Island. Yeah, and, and I wasn't saying like the whole country sounds like you in totality, but just on these but, three but words. There's a, map, yeah. there's a map just for Mary, Mary, and Mary. And on that map, it's all of the U.S. versus basically Long Island, a little bit of New Jersey and some other areas, right? And because the dictionary is a trailing indicator, that's <laughs> the only reason I can copy and paste these pronunciations out of the dictionary and throw them in your face and say, see, look, <laughs> I, these are legit. What I'm basically saying, it's like seeing a star in the sky, the light from that left that star billions of years ago. You know what I mean? And it's just right, reaching your eye now. Well, it doesn't right? change the fact that there's still light in the sky, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so these pronunciations... These pronunciations that I'm speaking to you, they left the the English language like three decades ago, and they're no, no, yeah, and they're, um, they're just hanging on, on in Long Island and, and associated things, and I am I am carrying them forward. <laughs> the Japanese soldier on the island who doesn't yeah, have the war but, over. <laughs> exactly, but but eventually, and there was I wish I could find this, but there was like a, a television show or a YouTube video or something that was talking about this, is saying in general. This is the way things go. There are distinct vowel pronunciations that merge together. It never goes the other yes. way. Where oh, there was there was one pronunciation, but then slowly across the United States, it spread into two. No, it only goes the other direction. So pretty soon, we'll just have one vowel sound. But um, if I live long enough, I will live to see these my pronunciations of these words leave the dictionary because they'll say, "Oh, that was a thing people used to do a long time ago." Right. But all those people are dead, so well, we're taking it out. One, they're like waiting for one particular person on the board to die off, somebody that was very influential in the late '50s or whatever. And like once they're gone, we can start like talking about what's real. Although to give a counterexample, this one this one really bothered me back when I was looking up pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I have. Oh, I think I got corrected. I think I got you know someone corrected me on it because it's the internet and that's what happens. You get corrected. Um, and they said, "Hey, you're pronouncing this word wrong. It should be whatever." And so I looked it up. I looked it up in my, my go-to because the URL is short. M-W.com, Merriam-Webster, a sort of bog standard. You find this in your, you know, elementary school dictionary, right? Mm-hmm. And the word is a word I used for my entire uh, adult career as a programmer. 
And that word is T-E-M-P-L-A-T-E. It comes up a lot when you're doing cold fusion, can I, right, can I, Mark? Can I, do, uh, can I do one? Can I, can I try just to see? T- template? See, are you talking about application.cfm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T E M P L A T. I've said it. In fact, I've said it so much. I, if you work on the web, it's it's there mm-hmm. all the time. Sure. I've written modules that implement this, right? <laughs> there is a, a Perl module called T E M P L A T E toolkit that does this. There's so many different T E M P L A T. Tell us all the time. I've read languages. this word. I've read this word approximately 50,000 times, and I've never once needed to say it out loud. Well, not in templates, different, but there are, there are names of people that I consider dear friends and I still don't really know how to pronounce their names. Well, anyway, I looked up T-E-M-P-L-A-T when I got corrected on it. I looked up T-E-M-P-L-A-T in the Merriam-Webster dictionary and W.com. And in that dictionary, it has one pronunciation and it is not the one I use. And I was like, come on. What they have is template. And I don't think I've said template for 30 years. Template. If I ever I think that's what I said. What do you say? Yeah. As a programmer, during my entire career, I said template, template toolkit. That doesn't bother me at all. That doesn't language. bother me at all. Long A, template. I don't, I don't find that confusing at all. When I call an actor by the wrong last name, and my wife knows who I actually mean, but corrects me anyway, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's fine. But in that case, I don't find it upsetting at all. And anybody who would correct template, I, I, it's odd to me. Well, but here's the thing. But you were if wrong. you look up in other dictionaries, you will find template uh-huh. with, a, with an A with a Now we see the violence line. inherent in the system. Right. And so I feel like template must be a modern thing. Like uh, maybe it, it came in when we started talking about, you know, like it's, it is new enough that it's Merriam-Webster is like, eh, let's see if this template thing catches on. You know what I mean? But some other dictionaries, like the one that ships with macOS has template and template in there. And the Mac, whatever the origin of the macOS one is like, yeah, we'll put template in. Or maybe template is British or whatever. But mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, during my career as a programmer, we talked about templates all the time, and everybody said plate like a dish that you eat off of template. Uh, and the fact that it wasn't in the dictionary. In, but interesting, just to note, note in passing that cult- culturally, like you'd all kind of arrived at that separate t- together, right? You kind yeah, of like I mean, each, I suppose, each came I, up with that, but together. I suppose I should look up GIF now. Well, I mean, I've always, I've always said GIF, or I've always said, oh, shit, I don't even remember. I've always said the wrong way. Yeah. Be- but even though it's what the the guy did but like uh, okay but like like i was watching taskmaster and greg and um a uh, little alex horn alex and alex said something about how you have to take the items in this challenge and and make the best the best make the best graph that you can and greg turns <laughs> to him and goes you're not in london you can just say graph and when he <laughs> said graph he still sounded english but alex horn sounded much more bbc received pronunciation mm. graph to me now, in, a, in an instance like that, see, I haven't looked anything up, in a, obviously, in a dictionary in a while, but like if, if they want to let you know that there's graph and graph, is it like the definitions where it's in the order of we think this is the most prevalent usage, usually? I'm not sure, because the, the template template one has template first, so that lends credence to that, because the Merriam-Webster doesn't even have template. Uh, GIF GIF has GIF first, which I agree with, uh, but that, that, I'm not, That's because that's what everybody says. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I'm... I don't. I I know the whole idea is the first dictionary. The first dictionary definition is the most prominent. I would assume the first pronunciation is the most prominent, but I think it's less important, honestly. Like, because if they're both valid, you don't get any extra points for picking the one that's more popular. Like, it doesn't unless make any it, sense unless it matters. 
Like, well, the, I but there graph versus like, graph if you don't want to sound snooty, right? Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I see language is so cheap and so easy. And those of us who like to speak and like words always feels like there's, there's going to be this unlimited amount. But I want to appeal to the other side of you, John, which is like, I want this thing to be flawless when I post it. And I know I'm going to have to make changes after like when, you're, like when you're R's. Has it ever happened to you that when you do one of your R's reviews, there's something, even though you'd read it a million times, there's something, frankly, even a little embarrassing that you missed that went public. No, never. Published. It's, perfect the, it's perfect the first time, of course. There's no, no, never <laughs> no had a corrections problem. after the fact. I'll tell you, there's, there's nothing, nothing to make your eyes. This is, this is why I finally, in uh, Daniel Does Red Sweater, in Mars Edit, this is why I finally did fully scrape my own template and make a wrapper. Was because you know what I'm talking about like where you could basically just include header, include foot or whatever. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. so like here's my blog content. I made it look exactly like 43 folders. Because guess what I learned is like as careful as I tried to be, and I'm much more careful now than I used to be. I used to think I was careful, and now, ugh, OSX. There's so many things. You remember how I fixed OS OSX? Remember I went into PHP my admin and did a search for OS space X. Remember that's how I fixed it on 43 folders? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I remember when I told you about it, you were pretty excited about how I'd done that with PHP. <laughs> what, did you, what did you have originally? OS. No space? OSX, all caps. And I think you in particular had given me some jazz about it. And so I went into PHP and my admin, I did a search for OSX and did a replace to OS space X. Didn't even do like a, you know, percentage sign 20 or whatever. Yeah. And you, you, you advised me that that was probably not a good idea, something like that. Well, yeah, because I, I don't know if that is never going, it's not like TK where it's no. never going to appear in a legit English word somewhere, but who knows. But, you, but we do, one does care about these things and you don't have to be morose about it, but something like, we care about the words that we write and when when there was a typo in Larry's, what, remember when Larry had to, God, that's such a funny episode. Um, Larry David had to like write the obituary for his, I think it was his his wife's aunt. And it had the C word in it accidentally instead of ant. Mm -hmm. So like, that's bad. And Larry got in a lot of trouble for that. It was kind of Jeff's fault because he wrote it poorly. But the point is, that's why we sweat this stuff. We sweat that stuff with the written word because we don't want to accidentally call somebody's dead ant the C word because that's careless. I, I think that it's just, I think part of it is that because it's, <laughs> what's that from? Merriam-Webster? Uh Yeah. Okay, John has just sent me some pronunciations, and I'll send you the one from from my preferred site because it's the one that agrees with me. I mean, no, but the Merriam-Webster agrees with you too. It's just like alternate pronunciations. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I don't, I don't want to drag this out. I guess what I'm trying to get at is uh, the the part of this that's not strictly a hey, let's let's argue, let's act like we're arguing on a podcast is like it is interesting to me as somebody who was a, a third year liberal arts student who did think a lot about chains of signification in POMO was to think about like, okay, well, what makes it so? There are people in philosophy departments every day that, that think about, I know it's not of interest to you, but Descartes thought a lot about how you could prove that God exists or not. And, you know, and that's, that's something we'll probably never know, but we're still going to try and figure out what are all the angles? Is it, he God exists because he must exist. God exists because I can't think of anything bigger. There's like four of the major, like four or five major arguments for why God exists, all of which are a little silly because it's really ultimately faith. Don't email me. Um, but how, in your thinking about this, separating out your own, each of our own sort of preferences or clivities or vulnerabilities about this issue, like how do we know how, where does the signification end? Who, who decides how things are pronounced? 
And if you say dictionary, you know I'm going to go to the carpet with you. Well, no, but because like I said, the dictionary is the end product of a process that begins with people living their lives and doing their things, right? So it's not... Tra- you said tra- trailing indicator, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, what, the, one of the things I'm factoring into my understanding of this is is that uh, what video or whatever that I can't seem to find that basically said that like uh, we've observed over many hundreds of years that pronunciation diversity, let's say... Uh, decreases over time. It never increases. It's kind of like That's, entropy. That, that is a point I'm glad you stated twice because it's worth not gliding past that. It never becomes more, it rarely, it doesn't like, vowel sounds don't become more complicated over time. Right. Like like if there's if there's a bunch of different words and you can pronounce them a bunch of different ways and then some neighboring town or whatever region pronounces a bunch of them the same way, the sameness will swamp the differentiation eventually, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't go in the other direction. It's not like the people who pronounce cot and caught differently. You know, or like a, like you imagine a stone turning and getting smoother, like the way that, you know. Yeah, like like the differentiation is the is the spikiness and the sameness rounds over those spikes, right? Sort of. And the more that it hits other smooth rocks, the smoother all the rocks. Exactly, get. right. It's, it's like just, our brains. It's, just, it's like our manatee brains. And I'm sure there are counters to that because otherwise we would, every language in the world would just have one vowel sound, which is obviously not true. But this is just, a, a, I'm talking about American English over the very short history of America. And there are a bunch of different things that have names like the caught, caught merger and stuff like that. Uh, and the Mary, Mary, Mary thing. And you can just map them out over time and look at how it's changed in the different regions based on a historical record. Um, and that combined with the fact that I grew up in one of these areas with differentiation, it's very easy for me to understand, okay, I say it this way. Pretty much nobody else does, but it's not just me. I grew up, the reason I say it this way is because I grew up in a place where everybody right. sounds like me. And it's constantly being, it's constantly being um, underscored that this is the way, and not, not yeah. in like a, not like in a punishing sort of way, but like it's constantly underscored as you go around day to day and meet people called Mary and talk about Christmas. It's underscored all the time in a subtle way that this is how this is pronounced. Right. And, and then you could say, okay, but does this mean that a, a, we are the beginning of some big trend that eventually the whole U.S. is going to speak all this? And the answer to that is no, you are the end of something. It's just, you know, once I go to college and see that nobody else has good pizza and bagels and everyone else talks differently than me, and I <laughs> see the big map and it's like, OK, I'm not, I, you know, my family and my all the people I grew up with on Long Island are not the beginning of the new trend that's going to sweep the nation about Mary, Mary, Mary. We're the end of it. We're a dying breed. We're the light of a dying star. And so when I see it in a dictionary, which is also a trailing indicator, I say, that makes sense because I bet there used to be more of us. And though we're dying <laughs> the out, it's going to of Dorian Gray. <laughs> <laughs> Though we're dying out, it's going to take a while yeah. for them to be pulled from the dictionary. Fully purged. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so th- so I see it in the dictionary and I say, you know, you know, once we were warriors or whatever the name of that title was, like, this was a thing. And there are still people doing it. And we are few and we are shrinking. But just FYI, uh, you know, you, you used to be like us, but then uh, changed. What do you think it is about? Well, you just say it however you want, but like, um, like I, I talk the way that I do, I think partly because I'm from Florida, but very much because I'm from Ohio. There's a lot of Ohio in the way that I talk. I, I've learned over time. We're like, you know, I was watching, oh God, I watched a really good video, a behind the scenes video about Fargo uh, the other night. It was just wonderful. Oh my God. Uh, and talking about Minnesota nice and talking about that accent and talking about like what they each went through. Like, you know, because initially, uh, what's her head didn't want to play Marge. She was like, I don't know, my husband wants me to play this and I don't know. And she eventually like found the part and she's like, oh, and I'm going to wear this, this pregnancy thing with birdseed in it. But a big part of it for her was getting the, the voice right. 
and and she talks about like scenes where you can remember probably where she talks and, and like the, the things that she says are, are all pretty unconventional. Like you'll just say like, oh yeah, or real good. Like mm-hmm. the, the, and that's like totally, and that is, it's not my Midwest, but boy, it's pretty similar to a lot of stuff we do too. There's a lot of like chimp-like grooming that you do when you talk in Ohio, just trying not to bother anybody and, you know. But but what do you what do you suppose it is? I don't know. I don't know how we get into this without turning into a really dull YouTube video. And there's a YouTube video I want to find, which is something I've watched. I just searched for it. Can't find it again. It was from a TV show, an educational TV show in the fifties. You might have watched oh, that this black too. and white one. I'll find the it. The black and white one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, right? I, I found the host of that show so insufferable. <laughs> yeah, it was the fifties. It was a different time. It was just the, probably a the, sex man. The the condescending authoritarian man. But uh, what do, where yeah. do you think your uh, deep uh, and honestly deep and subtle appreciation for vowel sounds um why do you think put it any way you want why do you and your folks have that why do me and my folks not is it something unusual about and you've even said yourself like you're the dying breed here uh, is it something about new yorkers like what is the influence that do you think that makes vowels so important is it the polyglot background of people who are from oh yeah there? I, don't, I don't know i don't know how we ended up as the last bastion i mean it, probably a lot of it has to do you know that the new york metro area is, was the center of a, a semi-recent like in my parents and grandparents generation wave of immigration from italy and ireland and i think a lot of it's from i think of a lot of it's from the boroughs like I, yeah. I think of like, and there's just like, a lot of people. There's millions and millions of people, so they're able to sustain right. their, and, their and bubble. And you're like cheek to jowl with all these other people from other countries over time. And, and, like, and there's enough of you that you, you know, it's harder to to uh, to break into that and flatten out all the accents because they're being self reinforced internally by literally millions of people in a tiny space. Right. You know well, I mean? And I believe me, I definitely hear this in Rhode Island. Like there's when people, it's, it's almost like somebody who's from France, like settles back into speaking French, like people and the way people talk in Rhode Island is, is, is wonderful. It's, it's very colorful. Um, but I'm wondering like, like for example, when I was a kid and for some reason I'm thinking of Archie Bunker, um, who I think was in Queens, but I think about Queens or especially the Bronx. And there was a time you can, you know what, dude, you can see this in the taking of Pelham one, two, three, which I finally bought on 4k Blu-ray. Um, but you would hear people say things like, instead of the way I would say brother, they would say brother, or I'm not even saying it right, but you know what I mean? Like my brother, like that, mm-hmm. that, there was all kinds of things like that, that were just normal. And I think were very viral in expanding the sound of what people from this area sound like. And it must've started as Dutch in some ways, right? There was Dutch. You had Germans coming in. You probably had pencil or um, uh, who else you got coming in. A lot, a lot of Dutch at first. Then eventually you get the Irish and the Italians. It's just, it's just so interesting to me that I wonder what it is. Is there any, I wonder if there's other places in America, in the U.S. in particular, that have that same phenomenon where I wonder if Miami, for example, has a different, because Miami. Oh, no, Miami definitely doesn't. I would imagine also California, like the, but, the, but, the, but, the but point. Different, different, but the same in the sense that a lot of people here, my favorite thing that I learned, well, my favorite thing about the Spanish language, the thing I learned on De Primera, uh, Primera Dia, was that, and, and Miss uh, Chacone said, here's the thing you need to learn. Every vowel is always pronounced exactly the same in Spanish. This is what le- led me to have a very good acento and eventually made me more ambitious in my vocabulario. You say, in the way we say, A-E-I-O-U. In Espanol, you say, A-E-I-O-U, which sounds like a, you're making a silly baby version of English. But let me tell you, man, 
once you really accept that, and believe me, that is so hard to accept if you're an English speaker, you can sight read almost any word in Spanish. And I think you very much cannot say that about English, right? I do, so, I do wonder if that's still, you know, because Spanish has so many uh, variations and everything. I do absolutely. wonder if it is mutating or has mutated in various ways so, such that Spanish speakers from... Well, think about like the Puerto Rican people in, um, in like West Side Story. You know, mm-hmm. and, and like, and just in that very example, Miss um, Miss uh, Chicone, she spoke with a, the most marked, or as you say, marked Castilian accent I have ever heard in my life. This is in Central Florida, Pasco County, Florida, and she sounded like she was from Barcelona. She would start. She would take the roll call. She said, "She, she said, <clears throat> you ready? Um, uh, silencio. Repitan después de mí. Vamos a pasar lista." I'm going to take the roll call. Like what? So like people come to our class and visit people who were from like Central America and Mexico. And they're like, I cannot understand anything that chick is saying. Cause it has that beautiful Castilian mm-hmm. accent. It's still Spanish, but like, Oh my goodness. I mean, and then like, ah, oh, the influence of stuff like, like what's going on with Portuguese. I had a roommate in, uh, at Admiral Farragut, one of our future topics who was from, um, what's the main, is it Lisbon? Who's from Lisbon. And like whenever he would talk to his parents on the phone, it was so disorienting to me because he'd be on the pay phone and speaking in Portuguese. And on the one hand, it sounded so much like Spanish to me, but the longer I listened, the more it sounded like German to me. And it kind of would break my brain when he'd be on the phone. So like, yeah, I mean, everything touches everything, but I wonder if there's other, do you want, do you ever wonder if there are other, not the same, obviously, but related U.S. outposts where the vowels or similar have stuck around? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are different words, not just these ones. I'm sure, there are, but there's a little bit of I I think probably like New York media bias in that like the these these vowel sounds that have the words like the only two I can remember off the top of my head are these three and then the cod cod merger. Why those? Why those and not fifty other ones? Well, you know, yeah, I got another one right here. Yeah, they're, you know, there there's a couple of headliney ones that probably have to do with things that are in high population centers where academics might be, and that's more relevant. And then a few other ones that someone went out and got in some kind of paper or something. But the variety of accents in the U.S. is huge. I watched a video recently that was like one of these clickbaity titles, like 15 American accents that you've never heard before. And (laughs) I've lived in America my whole life, and I can tell you I had never heard a lot of these. You know, very, very specific areas that sound Was it all one person or was it actual people? Oh, it was real people. Real people, they bring a microphone. Yeah, they're all speaking English, and it's not yeah. like foreign language. This is 100% English. These people know no other language. It's yeah. just English, but it's and you, and you listen to it because if you're an American and you know the variety of American accents, you're like, well, that sounds a little Southern, but not quite like a mix between Southern and like this. And anyway, it, it, speaking of these particular words and why, getting back to what you're saying, why I have these hangups and why yes. why I notice it so much, it's definitely the narcissism of small differences because. When I hear mm-hmm. someone speaking with a southern accent, whatever, I recognize that. That's an accent. It's a thing. Oh, right? that's a really good point. It's 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 different. It's different enough that it doesn't feel comparable. Right. But when I hear someone like you saying every word like me, but there's like seven words that you can't say, quote unquote, can't say. Yes. It sticks out like a sore thumb because it's the tiny difference. It's like, no, you don't have a Texas accent. What's the worst one? Is it is a cat as a cash? What's the worst one? Uh, I mean, actually, you probably have more than a few. But anyway, like, yeah, that's fair. It, yeah. It, it, but but, it, but anyway, you, I, when I hear you speak, I don't say, oh, Merlin's got a Southern accent. Merlin's got a Texas accent. Merlin's got a California accent. No, I think you have no accent at all until you say seven words that you can't say. And I'm like, what? what's wrong? Wash, cash, because I say wash, 
I say major. You say major. I do say major. Oh, what was your, oh, the classic mini. Yeah. There are many, many ways many. to, I mean, to that, deal with this mini Mary, topic. Mary, Mary, all over again. Anything with those vowels. <laughs> together, right? I can't believe you put up with me. You're so sweet. You're so sweet to put up with. And me. that's why, like, that's the reason I find it most distracting is because I'll be listening and my brain will be in. You're listening. You should expect all the words to be pronounced like this. Right. And then all of a sudden you'll say a word and pronounce it like a different word. And my brain will literally interpret it the wrong way. Because if you were speaking with a Southern accent, I'd be like, this is a Southern person. Translate everything through your Southern to English translator. Like, and I'd be expecting the words to be different, but every word is the same until you get to these other words. And unfortunately, that word, when pronounced the quote unquote wrong way, <laughs> is a legit other word. My brain parses the sentence wrong and I have to rewind and go, wait a second. What did he say? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. <sighs> I, I do think this stuff is fascinating. And like, you know, we have our fun here, but like, I find this stuff deeply fascinating because language is more than language. You know, language is such a huge component of how we think, how we process the world, not just the eight words for snow BS or whatever, but like just so many ways where the way that we, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I don't speak other languages, but I'm aware of things like tonal, like in, in, in Mandarin and in Cantonese, Mandarin in particular, I think, are, are, uh, tonal languages where like, it's sort of to your point of like, well, I could tell you these differences, but you won't be able to say it, let alone hear it, or hear it, let alone say it. Yeah, I, I experience that when I hear when I hear people doing Chinese. I, I'm like, they say the three different things, and I feel like you with Mary, Mary, Mary. I'm like, ah, I'm not getting. I know, it. and it's like all I hear is like sha sha sha. Like I, I, I I'm <laughs> right. so bad at it, um, and I really feel like I, I'm, I've kind of, uh, to be honest, like kind of gotten stuck on whether it should be Mandarin or Cantonese. But I'm trying. My kids I, I think learning. it's all Chinese languages. Well, but you know, Mandarin and Cantonese are they're they're you know well, they're different languages. But my kid's learning Danish right now, and it's driving him bonkers because he has a friend who speaks Danish, and and he's 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 way he's also learning Spanish. So my kid does too many things. Um, a thing about language that I was thinking about, yeah, just that idea though that like again, I, I'm sorry to be all you know new college student, but like it is really fascinating how the way that we perceive the world changes with language. It sounds like stoner talk, but like it really is pretty wild when, I mean, like we all grew up with that dumb Eskimos have eight words for snow thing, which is on the one hand, completely not true. And on the other hand, sort of kind of sort of true. Like every culture has more ways of describing something that's important to them. Right. You could, ah, you know, in Germany, they've got like seven different names for beer. It's like, well, how about maybe you're just super ignorant and don't realize there actually are different kinds of beer. It's not somebody trying to fool you. It's not about just beer, that. beer, beer, and beer, yeah. <laughs> well, if you get spam, you can have spam, 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 eggs with spam. Um, but it, it's once you start exploring that stuff, and like a linguistics class can really break your brain. Slightly related to that semiotics, of course, kind of broke my brain. But I do think it's, it's very interesting to think about how we... We sometimes struggle. I don't know if you and I said this, but you and I, I think you, our, our shared thing about Monty Python was because we don't know much about the culture. We like grew up thinking, I wonder whether, why that's funny. And did I just not get that joke? And like, I don't, I don't know who the prime minister was in 1968 and stuff like that. And also the things, the, the exotic things sound even, you know, the, the, we don't know them, but we understand they're funny because they sound funny to us. Well, Spanish Inquisition, which I showed to my kid, I, mean, my kid, I, sh- I should always say, made my kid watch the other night. I don't know if you remember it. Every, you know, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. But do you remember how it opens? Is It's in this fairly posh, as you say, uh, lounge. 
And Carol Cleveland is sitting there, and Graham Chapman comes in and says, just trouble, trouble down to mill. And, and she goes, what did you say? He says, trouble down to mill. Uh, Skew's skew's gone off treadle. And she says, what are, what are you saying? He says, he said, he goes, there's trouble down. I said, there's trouble down at the mill. The skew has gone off the treadle. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, someone told me to come in and say that. I wasn't expecting a kind of Spanish Inquisition. It's, <laughs> but I love when you can include that joke. Or for like the other thing I said to my kid is the whole reason I have any sense of what a Northern accent sounds like. In later life, it's 24-hour party, party people. But in younger life, it was absolutely the four Yorkshiremen sketch. Mm-hmm. Luxury. You know, like that embedded in my brain a little bit. That's why Chris, Christopher Eccleston was, what do they call it, Man, Mancunian? He's the, the Manchester mm-hmm. accent. But like, I don't know. I do think that's really fascinating. And you don't have to go up your ass about it, but like it does make a difference. At the very least, John, the fact that the way I say certain words that sounds like just words to me, and it's like nails on a chalkboard to you, that's the kind of thing that's interesting to know about people. If we don't have like... I think men famously have not the best ability to differentiate colors. I've seen this tested out in real life with my ex. Uh-huh. And I, I'd say, she goes, which one do you like? And I go, and this is, I, obviously, I hope you realize this is directly germane to Mary, Mary, Mary. It's just a different hole in my face. She goes, well, which one do you like? And I go, well, they're fine. They're, they're both pink. They're all three pink. She goes, no, but which one of the three? I said, you know, Kim, they're all pink. She goes, no, that one is shrimp. That one is salmon, and that one is like a made-up word that you would do as a test, like for a canary uh-huh. trap to fool your husband. Like, and I would just be like, I swear to Christ. And like, I mean, just just to make the really even dumber joke, I can't tell you how often I have walked out or almost walked out of the house wearing two things I thought were black, but one of them was navy blue. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until in bright. I lack that, so I don't hear a lot of these vowels. I don't see colors the way others do. And yet I'm obsessed with how bad headlines are. I think we're all sensitized in different ways to, to the hypercritical nature of our background. You're hypercritical about a lot of things. I'm hypercritical about, you really didn't try very hard to write this well. well you didn't try to make that, this effective. Part of that, I feel like, is your senses uh, started off bad and are failing, whereas you, as long as you can make out the letter forms, like that, that's a robust encoding for English. So, ri- you know, you can keep making that text bigger, but the point is, if I can read your headline, I can tell whether it's well-written. And it doesn't matter how fuzzy the letters uh, look, yeah, as long as I can yeah, still yeah, make yeah. them out. But, but I, I, I feel like that's, that even further actually kind of goes to prove the point I'm trying to make, which is, boy, are we all ever different? And the things that are nails on a chalkboard to each of us, I, okay, here's one. Like, you're not, none of these are going to mean anything to you because you're a goddamn heathen from New York. But in a lot of houses, when I was a kid, Let's just even keep it simple. In a lot of nice Protestant houses in Cincinnati in 1976, there's a, for a variety of reasons, someone said, uh, some say, oh, do you want some Brussels sprouts, right? And you respond, you, <laughs> you respond by saying, I hate Brussels sprouts. Oh boy, are you ever going to hear it? Now, were you, was that a bad word in your house? I only knew about Brussels sprouts from seeing people no, complain hate. about them on, on I mean, television. Hate. I hate Oh, like no. never <laughs> you hate, never say hate no, if you really that was mean not dislike. It wasn't, okay, I was all right. But Christ. also, what about cursing? Were you allowed to, to say Jesus Christ in your house? Uh, what was what was the best swear you could get away with when you were say twelve or thirteen? I don't, we weren't. Could you say crap? Were you allowed to say crap? Yeah, crap is okay. Were you allowed to say shut up? Yeah, as long as you didn't say. As long as you said it to the right, said it to the right person. 
Well, okay, you can be cute about it, but shut up was a there be dragons topic in where I'm from. You do not tell people to shut up. Definitely somebody who's like, you're better. Yeah, there's less uh, puritanicalness, let's say, in the uh, New York metro area. Yes, we were very puritanical in Ohio. We were just regular Puritans. They're in the Queen City. Mm -hmm. Porkopolis, they called it. But I don't know. I think all that stuff is so interesting. And like, but then they look at something. My favorite, I remember my favorite chapter in fifth grade, in the fifth grade, uh, whatever we called it, English book was the one on not cognates, but on like, you know, regionality. And it was just a little short chapter, but that's where I first heard they say, Hey, you know, depending on where you are, and this is not written for people from Cincinnati. Did you know that a lot of people call this a bag and some people call this a sack and then some people call it a poke. And to this day, I've never heard anybody, maybe in a Bowery Boys movie, apart from saying pig in a poke, referring to that cliche, mm -hmm. I've never heard anyone say poke to mean what I would call a bag. And it's almost always a bag. It's very rarely a sack. But there's, boy, there sure are a lot of those. Yeah, in Wisconsin, it's a bag. 